Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Evoke Bike Podcast presented by High North Coaching, which is Tom Bell's coaching company. And we were catching up on a VLA Max podcast, and we just started chopping things up a little bit and got rolling on a 20-minute conversation that I think is very valuable to some of you out there. So we made that the first podcast. Hopefully you enjoy this. Check out Tom's blog. Check out our blog. And if you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. It really helps us out. And on to the show. Thanks, Tom, for doing this. And part two will be out soon. Yo. Hey, dude. What's up? Uh, not not uh, not much. Yeah. Uh, all good. How, how about you? Pretty good. Coming back to life after COVID. And, uh, oh, man, yeah, God, kill you feeling, me. um, you feeling back to like hundred percent now or, uh, I would say 90 way to go. No, I would say 99. I, you'll hear it at some point every once in a while. I get like a little piece of phlegm and apparently just a lot of cool. people, just, mm. yeah, just <clears throat> do that a little bit. So that's kind of weird, but yeah, man, for I'm blessed that I don't get sick often and it just crushed yeah. me. Uh, so weird, weird virus, just weird symptoms, like, yeah, super low energy, no motivation. Um, that that was the worst part. You're like, I don't want to do anything. I finally succumbed to it. I mean, when I was in Minnesota, I had my bike and I was like, all right, I really shouldn't ride this thing. It wasn't even fun to ride. I had like no Watts and I went to this grocery store and got like a bunch of figs and dates and like some sparkling water, like just random things and like laid on a bed and watched TV. And I was like, huh, this is what it's like to be lazy. (laughs) (laughs) This is is what normal people do. (laughs) I felt, I didn't want to say that, but it was like, oh, this is, yeah, okay. So once I, um, I mean, I was sleeping, I get up pretty early. I was sleeping until like seven 30 in the morning, like some 10, 11 hour rest, just like, Whoa, this is weird. Mm. So it's been good to be back when, um, did some over unders maybe on Thursday, did a group ride, on, a super small group ride on Saturday. So went hard feeling pretty good. Um, so yeah, just kind of, getting back into it and i will say the time off was weird of like thinking of how much time i spend riding and sort of i think a continuation of some like midlife evaluation after turning 40 so i think it's been good i think i'll have a healthier appreciation of riding maybe i don't know but yeah yeah i, I don't see why not um get get to see a little bit the other side and then um uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not surprised you had like um, quite a motivational sort of uh, wobble there because it, it, I, I've heard it from other people who have, uh, who have got COVID as well. You, you suddenly just stop riding and you, you almost just see, see things from a different perspective, and you're like, oh well, sometimes you can just live without like riding every day, and and you realise when you've not got. Um, you know, a, a three, four, five hour ride to do every day, how much time you've got for other things. And it's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. I mean, there was the day when there's not a four hour ride. I like had all my athletes done. I was like working on this blog. I was like, all right, it's noon. What do I do the rest of the day? 
<laughs> it's just so, <laughs> yeah, I think, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little torn because I think the, the way the, how I was piecing things together in my head was, you know, I really didn't start doing thousand hour years until maybe just before we started up, I'd have to look, I went from like 850 to a thousand and like some two hour rides just all became four hour rides. And then I was like, well, maybe some of those could be three hour rides, but then at the same time, there's no arguing I'm riding just as well as I did when I was 30 years old, if not better. And the volume is definitely a huge part of that. And I don't know, a two hour ride is just so short. <laughs> so, but then I'm thinking too, the next piece is, do I care about these amateur bike races anymore? Mm. I really don't know the answer to that yet. I think, I mean, I'm excited to go to nationals, but I'm having these weird thoughts of like when I die, who's going to care about these race results? So what are the, what are they for? And is it all this riding? Is it for me? That's why I started riding. I started riding to lose weight. And then I started racing because it was something to do. And then I kept racing because winning felt good. And I think going to these crits in Nashville and winning, it felt good. But I told my friend afterwards that, Hey man, it would have been just as fun or probably more fun to wake up early go do a three hour ride together and not sit around all day for this race and then just go do stuff. And he's like hundred percent. So that's when I was kind of like, and then I crashed in the crit. So I was like, okay, I'm over crits for sure. And you know, I don't know. It's also weirder when you're racing people who are 22 years old and I'm could be their dad. And I'm like, why am I still out here with these guys? So maybe I just do masters. It's even it's shorter. It's people the, the vibe is so different. It's so different. And right. so I don't know, a lot of thinking. I um I was gonna come back to Rochester where I am now and do a couple races in August, but with not doing crits, I'm not gonna drive all the way here. And Gravel Worlds is this 150 mile gravel race in Nebraska. So I might go from Albuquerque, Masters Nats, and go do that. And um go back to doing some some randomly long things, which actually kind of scares me because I rode five hours the other day and I was like, oh, this is tough. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do find, um, just speaking on that last point that, um, in it, funnily enough, endurance seems to be the thing that goes away quite quickly. Um, and sort of both from a physical sort of level and a mental one, because you, as you said, you get used to four hours and two hours seems really short then but if you don't ride at all for a while like even two hours like sometimes you can be like this is dragging on a little bit even though it's only two hours and uh you know you you suddenly sort of um look at things a bit differently and uh five hours seems really really long and and mm -hmm. it's and on the physical side it can be a bit tough while you make that transition back to it usually it comes if things go away quick they come back quick as well um so you 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 know you build up a little bit and uh, so, you know a week or two later it's not too bad but uh, it can be a bit funny like that. Yeah, and I think I might do this gravel race if I, my seat post is seized and I need to get it out. And so if I can get it, the bike shop's working on it. But it's 130 miles, so 200k. Um, not too much climbing. I think 12,000 feet. I don't know what that is in meters. Four. 4,000 meters um, in Ohio. 
And I'm like, man, I just, so I rode 105 on the road. I'm like, man, 130 on gravel. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. So I don't know. I think maybe I need to like separate myself. I, I, I've been asking myself, have I been really identifying myself with my race results, which I would hope not, but. Oh, it's hard. It's that. That's, that's a hard thing to avoid is sort of attaching some or all of your self-worth to like your race results and um, performances in training. And then um, when things don't go well, which they inevitably don't at certain times of the year, like if you get COVID, for instance, or you just, for, I don't know, sometimes for whatever reason, you just have ebbs and flows. Um, yeah, it can make you quite depressed sometimes if you mm. uh, if you if you start to think, all you have is like the race results and then um when they're not going well your sort of whole image of yourself is reflecting of you know um sort of similar i think and that's when that so i was thinking about that and i was like well maybe i just do a few big races like i'm still gonna ride i still love training and that's what i I think i'm very thankful for why i would do a thousand hour years i just like riding a lot but Mm. maybe not you know it's uh Last year I was bummed because it was like Chris's birthday, and then I had this race I wanted to go do. And I'm like, man, I'm gonna take five days off the bike, and da da da. And then that race is ruined. And then you're thinking, what? Like my life does revolve a lot around the bike, and so that's the first thing I'm gonna do is, as I was emailing you, like I'm not gonna take the bike to Italy and just climb, like hike and do some other things. I think it'll be a good reset and get it like. If I do that, there's no way I'll hit a thousand hours. It's going to be impossible. And so there was part of me was like, oh, but if I don't bring the bike, then I won't hit this thousand hours. It's like, don't hit a thousand hours then. I mean, yeah, ex- exactly. Um, <laughs> I think at this stage as well, when you've done, so, you've got so much in your history um, and so much kind of um, j- just so much riding behind you you know maybe maybe you don't need that and and honestly you might find that like lower hours actually ends up in better performances um it, if it if it freshens you up and it makes you sort of feel more you know mentally sort of balanced with your life and you can enjoy periods of the year where you don't have to worry about uh, riding the bike every single day um mm-hmm it's uh it, it could work out it could certainly work out in your favor really um i think you know i listen i think back to when i did the podcast with adam hansen he was like your heart doesn't know any different between hiking and whatever and this and right. that and i've been trying to think of you know maybe riding not worrying about the the riding as much in the winter and maybe i don't know it's Either either way, I have said that the virus got in my brain, and I think it's just having these thoughts. And you know, I've I've tried to tell athletes, I'm like, c- consistently think of how does this fit in your life. You've got to be happy with it. And I wasn't unhappy with it, but I think seeing cycling in my life in a different way is just a healthy thing to think of. Because I definitely don't want to be 55 and look back and be pissed that I rode so much. You know what I mean? um so yeah we'll see what happens i think i don't know i would still be i mean it would still be fun to go to some of these big gravel races and win the masters category or you know and that's i think the last thing that's my other piece i always said i would stop doing p12 races when i wasn't relevant when i'm getting like seventh and eighth all the time and i have no chance of winning and it's like eh, Mm -hmm. okay i'm good then do you go and do masters i don't know so I guess it's just 
like training, you just got to be nimble and adjust as we go and make sure it's fun. And, um, and my last comment on this is even though the days felt long, like I said, I looked around like, all right, what should I do now? Like, what else am I doing if I don't ride it? There's, I could go do another endurance sport, but it's not like, I think that, I think athletes get, that's the thought. They're like, Whoa, I'm spending so much time doing this. I'm like, okay, well, what would you replace it with? If you're a diehard pottery person and you're not going to pottery class because you're riding all the time, then yeah, maybe you should cut some riding time and go throw some yeah. freaking clay. But I mean, yeah. So anyways, how you doing? Yeah, not bad, thanks. Um, probably not riding. Uh, I always struggle after like the, the hill climb season in the UK to kind of just, because it, it leads you straight into like a UK winter, which is pretty mm. demoralizing anyway. And <laughs> you've just kind of been building up from like the halfway point of the year to, to this sort of September, October period that's quite intense. You know, there's like races every weekend. You could, there's some, sometimes there's two in one day, so you could legitimately kind of race four four times in one weekend um and if you were really crazy you could do that for two months straight but even even if you know even if you're a bit more sensible you can you still end up racing at least sort of once or twice every weekend for two 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 months basically um and it's uh they're just maximal efforts they're literally you stand at the bottom of a hill stationary and just ride up as fast as you possibly can so you just like completely dead at the top um so it's it's an intense period and then after that i always just find like it's a bit of a struggle to just then refocus and you know what are the you know what are the next goals and do do i feel like training hard again and so i always need a bit of a rest and then i find if i've had a bit of a rest sometimes just like the back seizes up or like this year i had kind of like weird sort of heart things going on with sort of palpitations and um mm. uh, ectropic beats and stuff like that um so it's taken me a bit of a while to to uh to get back to things and i probably haven't been riding as much as i sort of have done in the past but there's a, there's a few like mountain bike races uh, mountain bike nationals is coming up in in july so i think that i think i can get myself kind of in half decent shape for that and that gives me something to sort of train towards and then from there I should be my headspace should be in sort of like hill climb mode and I should be able to start preparing for that season so so how do you describe yourself as a cyclist right now if somebody met you and had no idea who you were are you a mount how do you just I mean yeah what are you a hill climber are you a mountain biker or are you Uh, trying to figure that out well I read one interview that apparently I did with like I think it was maybe cycling weekly or another magazine where it said i I'd, I'd said that I identified myself as like a hill climber now, which I don't really remember saying. Maybe I did. Um, <laughs> maybe I was thinking differently at the time, but I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that's the case. It's quite a small. It's, it'd be a weird thing to say you are anyway, because it's like it's quite a niche discipline. And hey, man, indoor specialist—that's a thing. And <laughs> uh, that is a thing. That is a thing, actually. Um, so yeah, maybe that's uh, maybe hill climbs preferable to that, but, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I've always, um, I've always like competed mostly on the mountain bike. So, um, yeah. I haven't ridden the mountain bike a great deal recently, but I'll, I'll certainly be, it's, it's not like I'm stopping riding or racing on, uh, in that discipline. So, so is that, pro, is that pro mountain bike? I I'm like my, you know, my mountain bike knowledge is minimal, but you were the pro British champ, correct? 
In mountain bike marathon, I was so the longer distance. So, okay, so this uh, is different. Yeah, so so there's um, basically a mountain bike. You've got two main disciplines, which are cross country Olympic, so the Olympic distance, and mountain bike marathon, which is uh, like longer distance. One usually one big loop or sort of two larger loops. National champ finish times are usually about five to four and a half to six hours um whereas cross country is like an hour 20. Mm-hmm. um so yeah i was uh what, what year was it 2017 i think um mm-hmm. i was marathon national champ 2018 was close second in the cross in the olympic discipline um so didn't come too far from getting that but just yeah, I just couldn't quite. So get you that won one. the shorter one or the longer one, the four to six hour longer one. Longer one, yeah, longer one. Wow. Hmm. Uh, which is weird to then go to then winning the hill climb nationals, which was like three minutes. <laughs> um, so a uh, bit of a maybe a, maybe a jack of all trades, master of none. You could potentially say, dude. That's <laughs> the uh, is that the segment of VLA Max? You shifted your. Tra- <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I mean, may, yeah, maybe I've got some kind of physiological flexibility there that uh, that's helped. Well, hopefully that'll be, it's good to have that carrot there. How old are you now? Uh, 32. Okay. So yeah. maybe a few years, maybe a few years left of prime, prime VO2 max and all that stuff before it starts sliding away. You never know. I mean, I feel like, Mine's probably as high as it's been. Mine's this has stayed pretty steady, I think. But also, I mean, when I started training at the end of my twenties, people still weren't like I wasn't coached to train VO2 max. It was like, oh, you'll get those efforts in racing. It's like, oh, cool, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not true, but there were a lot of people were doing. So Yeah. I think I think the good thing from my perspective is that I've always my as weird as it sounds with winning like a mount like a five hour mountain bike race is that my kind of economy and and I suppose long duration endurance has always been kind of my limiter. I think you find that Mm. quite a lot with people who have kind of a naturally high VO two max. So I do think and that's the kind of thing I think you can just build and build and build almost not not indefinitely but that's something that can that has more scope to slowly improve over time so hopefully if the vo2 max is high and that that obviously does slide a little bit with age at least if it's naturally pretty high there's you know a bit more sliding room there and then um yeah if there's if there's more scope to improve like the endurance and economy and stuff that can still happen for quite a few years so well, we'll I don't want too much sliding. I do not have a Tom Bell VO2 max, but <laughs> if I can keep it above 70 for, that will be curious. I think maybe that's when I stop racing when it's in the 60s and I'm like, okay, I'm just a diesel now. I have nothing else, but I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I, think as, I, I think as we've maybe talked about before, I don't think an absolute, I don't think your absolute VO2 max number is actually that important. In, in a hill climb, like, in hill climbs where it's like three to five minutes, then it's kind of that, that as well as your sort of, um, I guess, W prime or mm-hmm. uh, glycolytic anaerobic capacity, whatever is th- those two things are the key performance determinants. But in anything else, anything that's longer, it's really like what percentage of it can you hold for a long time? It's not really how high it 
it's not really the maximal yes. maximal VO2 that's the key thing. Well, and getting away from metrics and making it more realistic, I think that's the one thing I've been thinking of is like, okay, if I'm still a, a thing that's not a limiter for me is following attacks and moves from 20-year-old kids that if I go and race everyone who's over 40, I'm way ahead of a lot of those guys who have were never that strong and just don't have that anymore. So I'm like, okay, maybe I would actually be able to crush at masters for quite some time because that's a huge piece of racing you can't follow a move your, your day's over pretty quickly mm -hmm. so yeah. i don't know we'll see i think at the end of the day it's just how where's my motivation and i think uh yeah it's weird man i'm like rethinking gravel and maybe i just i don't know we'll see we'll see what happens anything in this dude, this is actually like a mini podcast right there Anything in that that you don't want me to post? I was like wondering when, when, yeah, when does the podcast like sort of yeah. start? It's quite <laughs> well, nice. We we tend to slip into quite an interesting discussion. Quite can, quickly, can this can that be a podcast? Is there? I don't. I don't mind. Yeah. Cool. Okay. 